We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instinct Heart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Emergency Light Years podcast. The Warriors have traded Brad Wanamaker, the biggest move in Joe Lacob's entire ownership era. Andy Lou, are you shocked? <laughs> you shocked me a little bit. I didn't know that was going to be the intro. Wow. You know, I've gotten more text about Brad Wanamaker getting traded than literally anything that's happened in the last two months in the Warriors' land, in the Warriors' world, I should say, actually. So he he had, he wasn't a Warrior for a long time, but he made every Warrior fan shortlist of least favorite Warriors. Like at some point, I started feeling a little bad for him with how much hate he was getting, even though he was objectively playing awful. He, w- I mean, right? You're right. He was paid very little. 3 million, right? Like barely above the vet min. Um, but man, he was bad. So they got off of him. Uh, it looked like it was a salary dump, Sam. They got off of Marquise Chris, who I think what probably we should probably talk about more because I feel bad for the guy. He got, he got traded. It doesn't seem like San Antonio is going to keep him, but man, like it sucks for him. He maybe could have came back and played the end of the season this year. Yeah. I've, I'm willing to bet the fact that they did trade him in to the Spurs who are in all likelihood, just going to cut him is that he's physically not going to be ready before June or something like that. Like, I think if he could play, the Warriors would have kept him. Um, My overall thought on moving off Wanamaker, Marquise Chris, they're trying to save a little money. I think combined, that's like three and a half million in salary um, based on luxury tax. We'll get the exact numbers. Uh, No one's quite sure because they're not paying the full luxury tax this year because of COVID, like every team. 
Uh, but I would assume it's in the realm of 10 million plus in savings, 10 mil plus for players who are out of the rotation who don't matter. I can't get too mad at the Warriors yep. for that at yep. in any capacity, especially since it opens two roster spots. So, um, and they do have the disabled player exception, which gives them a little leverage on buyout candidates. Um, so maybe cutting those guys and then using the DPE to convince Otto Porter is a better use of that money than just letting those guys ride the pine for the rest of the year. In a vacuum, I thought those were fine moves in a vacuum, right? Just, just look, they are trying to save money. They did that last season at the trade deadline too. Um, they're not doing it that like as much this season. Cause I think they're still trying to make the playoffs as much as it's funny to say that, but they are. So I don't think it's that bad, Sam. I think the problem though, uh, this time is I think the Warriors had chances here to get guys that they could have brought in and maybe cultured them up. And I think the, the one target that I posed in the last, we posed in the last podcast was Oladipo. And uh, I was a little bit disappointed to see them not do anything there. Um, so that, that was tough. I thought Miami kind of gambled on themselves and said, Hey, let's get Oladipo. Let's get, let's get LaMarcus Aldridge off the buyout market. You know, let's trade for, for Nemanja Bielitsa and, and kind of put together a team that can maybe get back to the finals. Right. Um, even though they're not really, they're really the favorites there in the East, but who knows what will happen. So I thought that the Warriors could have maybe thrown a shot out there, um, and, and figured that out, but they didn't do that. I think they, if I had to guess, I don't think they think they can keep Oladipo. I think we've been hearing Old Depot wants to go Miami for a while. And I think that's really what it comes down to. Um, to make that move, we have to discuss Kelly Oubre, who did not yep. get traded. Yep. Uh, in all likelihood, the only option the Warriors had at the deadline was trading Kelly Oubre. This is kind of a seller's market, or it had been going into this trade deadline. I don't think anyone was going to be interested in taking Wiggins much less Draymond or Clay's contracts right now. Those are type of things that maybe in the summer are possibilities, but with the COVID season, with a bunch of teams being cash strapped, no one's looking to take Wiggins, you know, guaranteed for two and a half years at this point. Right. Like, so it had to be Ubre, and it seems like the Warriors could not find an offer for Ubre worth their while. Yeah. I think the, uh, I think that's probably, I think that's fine too. Like I think not trading Ubre is fine too. Um, if they re-sign him because they're going to have to keep that. Like if you're not going to move him and you can't get anyone better, which I don't think they feel that they can um, or that they could have, it's not like Lonzo Ball got traded, right? So um, Lonzo they better re-sign him. substantially better. Um, better re-sign him though. I don't know if he's substantial. Like they better re-sign him. He's substantially better. Uh, um, eh. But like they, 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 he better be on the roster next season. That's the thing. Like if he leaves in the off season, oof. Then now you're talking about straight salary dump, right? Like you're talking about saving on the tax bill, which. Yeah. I mean, I look at it this way. So we heard Danny Green's name out there. Um, God. You know, he's not bad depth at this stage of his career, but he's also an expiring. You'd have to repay and he's turning 35 this summer. So do you really want to pay Danny Green when he's 36, 37 years old? You know, who knows what Maury would have wanted in general. I'm opposed to trading with Daryl Maury. You just rarely come out on the winning end of those deals, right? Like if he's looking to dump him, something's going on there and they didn't do it. So I think it was probably, they probably wanted more. Um, 
it just doesn't seem like there was a lot out there for Kelly Oubre's expiring. My one take from the trades today is how underwhelming they were for the most part, right? Like you didn't see a lot of uh, great stuff being moved, but also as a reminder that the Warriors don't really have assets other than their two big ones. And I think this is something we need to talk about because they, they obviously have James Wiseman and the Wolves pick. But are you, you're not trading those for a player of like Aaron Gordon's caliber, right? Yeah, That's I like too Aaron. much. You're not going to trade James Wiseman, who has all the potential in the world, for Aaron Gordon, who's a fine player, but probably never going to be an all-star, right? How about Vucevic? Why, why would you do that, though? You know, like, why would you trade James Wiseman, the number two pick, who, quite frankly, you've done a piss poor job of through the first like 40 games of his career? But even beyond that, he's 19 right now. He's got a, all the potential in the world. And Vucevic, excellent player. But do you think you can ever win a title with Vucevic starting? He's too much of a defensive liability, right? Yeah, I think I'm with you there. I think I'm with you there. I'm just curious because I think you throw Wiseman in there, you probably get Vucevic. And you I do, do think you he, do. Yeah, but he do you a want good fit? He's a good fit. I think he's an awful fit defensively, though. I think they're not willing to. Um, I mean, this is a broader conversation. Like uh, Wiseman has the tools to be a good fit defensively, but you have to change your offense for Wiseman. Uh, Vucevic will fit in the offense fine, but I don't know if he can play the defense you want. Right? No, like, those he won't. Are, but you know, you could trade him on next to him. You could Wiggins. Good. Like it's not bad. Like you could maybe like it'd be kind of like. Jokic a little bit, you know, <laughs> kind of like a poor man's Jokic a little bit. You could turn him into that guy. Vucevic is also 30 years old. Um, I mean, he is an all-star. He's in his prime. East he's all-star. Playing. East all-star. I think he's an all-around all-star. <laughs> 25, 25, 12, and four with 40% from three. That's pretty, it's pretty legit for a center. He's good. Um, he's what good. I was going to say, though, is I, I got sidetracked. Um, and the Warriors have an issue that they don't have middle-of-the-road assets. Vucevic got traded for two firsts, which will not be high firsts, right? Um, the Warriors have the Wolves pick and Wiseman. Those are high picks. They don't have a bunch of middle-of-the-road. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Number 20 picks to trade at this point. And the reason is because their picks are tied up with the Ubre deal and they traded pick for, with Iguodala to get D'Angelo Russell. So they're just short on assets to make these kind of deals. It's like they almost have to 
wait for a bigger fish because you don't want to trade Wiseman and the Wolves pick for anything less than a consistent all-star, right? Well, and that is that is kind of the problem you run into when you trade two second-round picks for Alan Smilovich. The Warriors don't have a second-round pick of their own for like five years in a row. And it's like the reason you don't throw this stuff away as meaningless as it seems is because the trade deadline, Evan Fournier is available for nothing, right? He's available for two seconds. I think that is kind of my issue with where the Warriors are, but it's kind of also where they are. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to roman.com slash light years now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash light years and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash light years and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Getroman.com slash light years. Get started now to save $15 off your first month of treatment. Uh, the Miami Heat got Trevor Reason, Amanya Bielitsa, Oladipo, and LaMarcus Aldridge. They got those guys, right, uh, this trade deadline or in the past week or so. Uh, they've offloaded Myers Leonard, <laughs> Kelly Olynyk, Maurice Har- Mo Harkless, and Avery Bradley, right? So you're talking about kind of middling talent, but not bargain bin talent. Like Myers Leonard, Kelly Olynyk is an NBA basketball. Like I guess they didn't trade. Player. They didn't really trade picks either. Well, but like they move those guys. Well, your example is different, right? Your example, yeah. you're talking about Fournier, which I agree with, right? right. My, my example is the Miami Heat where they turn milling talent into kind of players that either A, want to be there and players that they're willing to gamble on that they can make into good players. Like, I don't think that even if the Warriors had a chance to get Oladipo, that they would have said, hey, Oladipo is a good fit for us, right? We're probably going to get into this like in a later podcast, mm-hmm. uh, maybe on premium. But, like, they feel like there was a quote about good. there are good players, but there should be good players in the Warriors system, right, in caps, where that it it should be that your system makes these players good, not that you can only have certain players good in this system, right? And that's kind of the problem right now, where I feel like Miami just brings anybody in and they'll figure it out. Like, they'll bring anybody in. You got some talent. We'll Spolster figure it out. has played four different systems in the last decade. <laughs> yeah, their team, their yeah, team adapts yeah. to the talent. Like they look for players who play two ways. Other than that, they'll figure out what style of two ways they play. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. they've played switching defenses. They've played drop coverage. They've played aggressive trapping defenses, depending on the personnel they have. They basically run the Warriors offense with Hero and Duncan Robinson running off of screens, but they've also had personnel where they run more isolation, pick and roll based stuff. I mean, they literally run two different offenses based on whether it's Hero and Robinson in there or uh, Dragic, who's a pick and roll player. So, I mean, that does speak to your point. Uh, I think the most interesting point, though, is Miami is all in on trying to win. 
And that's why they get someone like Ariza. That's why they get someone like LaMarcus Aldridge. The Warriors, I do wonder if they're starting to worry about their, they're starting to ruin their reputation a little bit because you have Steve Kerr talking about that's not what this year is about. You have players talking about some big picture and system and culture. And like, I'm not saying that stuff doesn't matter, but you run the risk of becoming pretty stale. We saw it last off season where, you know, Marcus all didn't want to come, but like we knew that was going to happen the minute clay got hurt. So I'm not going to get too mad at anyone over that. I do worry though, if like, do they just think in the summertime, telling people that Clay's healthy is going to make them an attractive destination. Like it's, it seems to me like they didn't want to take risks at this deadline. Are they going to be willing to take risks next off season? Because uh, this market is more and more kind of, it's more risky, honestly. Like it, it, it feels like in some ways they're getting very Celtics-y where they don't want to make a deal unless they crush the opponent, you know? Yeah, that's not – it's like when you first play fantasy football, right, when you're like 20 years or 18 years old and you've got that one idiot. But now you're – you know, I'm 30. I'm going to be 30, Sam, in August. Everybody follows the same thing. Everybody, You know, everybody reads Roto World. Everybody reads NBC Sports. Everybody reads ESPN, The Athletic. You know, everybody reads that stuff now. It's like the NBA. You know, the, the Warriors could have fleeced someone back then. But nowadays, they're not the smartest guy in the room anymore. So they're not fleecing people or they're not – you know, they're not – they don't have the players to do that. So I'm with you. I want to wait on that a little bit. Like, yeah, I get what you're saying, but I still want to wait to see what happens this offseason. Something tells me that uh, people still want to play for Steph Clay or Steph Draymond. And they're like, okay, if we can get Clay kind of healthy by the end of the season, it could be a team. There's enough minutes there. So I want to wait, see this offseason. If they're still not able to get the vets, though, Sam, like, I'm with you. Like, if they're still not able to get, even like a Marcus Gasol type this offseason, maybe just that caliber of player, not not him specifically or even a center. But they're not able to get those guys at all. Oh, they they love centers, but yes, I, your yeah. point your point stands. It's a um, problem. Yeah, if they can't get those guys, it's a problem. I agree. Yeah, because they're not competing with Steph, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins, and a bunch of kids. It's just not happening. Like that's nothing against the kids. It's just we're about to watch the pl- first off. We watched the Warriors in the playoffs for five years. We're about to watch the playoffs again. Teams who are competing are largely veteran laden with a couple of young players mixed in, right? Like you're not like maybe Wiseman and Poole and another player in the rotation. But if your rotation's like Nico Mannion, Eric Pascal, like all these kids, like you're not going anywhere. You might be building for five years down the road, but you're not doing anything next year. And I do think all the fans feel like we still have Steph Curry in our prime in his prime. We owe it to everyone to try to go all in for the next few years because who knows when the Warriors will get another player of Steph's caliber. It might be 25 years. Has Miami found a player of Dwayne Wade's caliber since, since the big three left? No. I mean, they've done really well. I love Jimmy Butler. I'm, I'm a fan of Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo and those guys. They're not Dwayne Wade. You no, know, like no, you don't, D-Wade it's, it's yeah, no. D Wade top 20 of all time. Yeah. Yeah. And Incredible. Steph Curry is also top 20 of all time, probably top 10. The point stands like you don't just like, you don't just get players that ca- like Steph doesn't retire and they don't go into the lottery and just draft another like generational. It doesn't work like that. Right. So I think now a lot of this falls into the off season. Um, look, the trade deadline's over. Um, they they, they kind of did what you expected. You called this out a week ago, kind of what you, or maybe it was through text, whatever. But 
what do you expect? Not much going on, right? So now they figure out in the offseason what's going to happen. Are they going to be able to bring in vets? Are they going to re-sign Kelly Oubre? Because if they don't, if they do not re-sign Kelly Oubre, that means they're giving away a two-way wing for free, even though like he's not maybe a great two-way wing, but he's a good two-way wing for free to save money. Then they're not able to get winning veterans. You're not able to get an Avery Bradley. A I mean, the only yeah, if they, I think we, we haven't mentioned this, and I think most of the fans know it, but I should say it one more time. Uh, if they lose Ubre, they don't retain the salary slot. They would be able to replace him with a player of Bazemore's caliber. That's it, like a veteran yeah. minimum like that. Yeah. And I, I love Kent Bazemore, but like you know, Bazemore is your first wing off the bench with Wiggins and who knows what kind of shape Clay's going to be in next year is probably not getting it done, you know, like yeah. not if you're looking to go deep. So I don't mind them being silent at the deadline, but it does put pressure on the off season. They do need to figure out a way to keep Kelly Oubre. Uh, maybe, maybe they're gambling on the fact that Oubre's off season offers won't be as big as they think. I think it's certainly possible that I think someone was saying Oubre is expecting like a hundred. That's not happening. I don't see the team who's giving him big money. Well, um, but I could see a team pushing like three years, 60, like giving him the Jeremy Grant deal. You know what I'm saying? You think Kelly that's better than Jeremy Grant? You think Jeremy, you think Kelly Oubre is better than Jeremy Grant? No, Jeremy Grant's a little better. Um, yeah, but uh, but I didn't know Jeremy Grant could average 20. Like, yeah, I know. Like, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like shocking, they, they took a they took a gamble on. I'm just saying a, a deal of like three years, 21 million a year. I could see Ubre potentially getting that. That's a big payment for Joe Lake if he wants to, you know. I hey, hey, I, look, you gotta pay that though. Like three years, 60 million. You just you gotta pay that. Um we'll be uh we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. One last thing before we get out of here. All right, so they cleared two roster spots. Do you think they're going to sign someone in the in the the buyout market, or is that going to be just about converting Nico and Juan to full roster players? Yeah, something tells me it's the latter, right? Like I don't think they're getting anyone, even if they want it. Like Andre Drummond's going to LA; he's not going to Golden State. If he does, I would love it. It'd be cool to have Andre Drummond here, uh, though it takes away minutes from from Wiseman. Uh, who else? Otto Porter is another guy. That'd be cool. But if you're Otto, um. Do you want? Do you need more money? Do you care? Like he's made so much money in his career, he probably just wants to go win in LA or somewhere else, right? Um, so I don't know if they're going to use it. They're, again, they're also going to have to pay the taxes. People may not want to come here. They're probably just going to convert JTA, right? That's probably what they're going to do. Yeah, and then they can use JTA's two-way spot on you know maybe another project who they think can help out. Um, a lot of holding patterns, less exciting. Although Brad Wanamaker, thanks for the memories. That is how we end the podcast. Uh, thanks for the memories, Brad Wanamaker. Best moment was no moment. Uh, we'll be back tonight with uh, Locker Room? Locker Room tonight. tonight.